Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Course Correction. I'm your host, Michelle, here on Between Us Girls. I know you guys have been waiting. You're so glad. You love hearing my voice. And you just can't wait for me to release content. I know, I know. But in all seriousness, I do appreciate everybody who continues to listen because I was a little bit concerned that, you know, when the band broke up, I was a little bit concerned about doing a solo show just because it was much different than what you all are used to. But I'm just trying to walk in my purpose. So I'm going to continue to talk to cool people who are doing cool things and who inspire me so that I can share the message with the masses. So this week I talked to F. Renee. She is the author of and Ode, which is on the African-American bestsellers on Amazon right now. So do check it out. And Ode, A-N-O-D-E. And we had a really, really cool conversation about growth. Because what I wanted to know from her was how she became the author that she is. You know, because when people are, when we see people, And we note that they have these amazing jobs or they do things that, you know, we wish we could do, like writing or uh, acting, those kind of things. We don't really we don't know what they went through to become that person. So that's kind of the point of course correction. I'm not sure if I ever really told you guys what the point is of course correction. The point of course correction is for me to redirect myself and correct my course and also find out how other people who have done that did it because that's the information that's going to help somebody who's listening and that's what I really really want to continue to to relay to you guys is that anybody can change your life can change you can change it. If you want to do something different besides what you're doing today, you absolutely can do that. So if you want to hear how FNA became FNA, then keep listening. First question, what is your zodiac sign so I can properly stereotype you? Of course, the best sign there is on the zodiac, Scorpio. Oh my goodness. So I feel like my life is surrounded by Scorpio people. As it should be. And that's, I guess it's because I'm a Taurus. So I feel like it's our opposite. So I always attract Scorpio people. And I like you guys. I do. I think uh, we have a lot of similarities. Um, What would you say is the number one thing people say is bad about Scorpios? I'm either going to get somebody stereotyping me as a sex maniac freak or as a So these are people who who maybe have heard you in the past. If anybody who has heard the word Scorpio and myself associated. Wow. Okay. 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 So yesterday I saw that um, Paris had said that you guys were evil, and you were like, "No." Yeah. So break that down for me. Break break down not being evil. I think it's more so the fact that Scorpios put up such a hard shell. So once somebody is able to penetrate that. You give them you pretty much your all, like love more so than I'm loving me at point. Like literally every every bit, every fiber of my person is gonna be down and love the person that I'm with. So if that person 
or to betray all of that trust after they've got that deep into the inside penetrated the soul mm-hmm. then like all bets are off like no you have to you have to suffer i hate you oh okay so tell me how you became f renee because i know at one time you probably were just fallon right right so Fallon is my first name, but I feel like every time I say people say my name, it's always like Fallen. Oh yeah, Sally Fallen. So I got tired of hearing people say my name incorrectly and having to basically say it over again. So I went through like thirty six years, thirty seven years of being Fallon, having to correct people. So I was just like, we just don't get in this stuff, and they're gonna catch this Renee. Yeah, you know, my cousin, one of my cousins, her first name is Fallon. Fallon or Crystal, and hmm. I'm my mom is Fallon. You know, I think Fallon is a beautiful name, actually. Thank I mean, you know. I don't know why people would, I mean, I guess I can see how somebody might read it incorrectly, but, like, wait for the person to say it before you mispronounce it. I get Michael regularly because my name is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L. So when you decided to start writing, is that what you decided that you wanted to put as your pen name so that people wouldn't mispronounce your name? I'll say originally when I first thought the whole grand scheme of the idea of writing a book, I was going to use just like a complete pseudonym. So I was mm. going to go by something that's random, like Sarah or something crazy. Y'all want the author as the author fail author me to be its own entity. So that's kind of how the F and A came about. So how is that for you, like, still practicing law and then, I mean, because it seems to me, just from the outside, it seems to me like you're running, you're writing full time. I wish. Yeah. I mean, but you're doing a really good job of making it look like that. Yes. So I am a full-time attorney. That is my day job. And I love it. I can't even front and act like I could just throw my legal career away because I love the work that I do and the people I get to work with and, like, actually see myself effectuating change is, like, the bomb. Mm -hmm. But being able to help and touch and heal and assist people with, like, my words is also something that's just, like, super dope to me. So I'll say that I haven't really taken any breaks. So I'll be at work all day, and then once I get home, it's like walk the dog, eat. Then I'm like, okay, business time, FMA time. And then I'll switch into that mode and I'll try to like do all I can before mm-hmm. I go to sleep and over. So my weekends are very uh, busy, to say the least. My question is kind of like, how do you juggle? I mean, do you ever have days where you're too tired or you feel like you might be too tired to do your side work after you've done court all day? Oh, yeah. I feel like every time I get in that place, it's like the universe always slaps something mm. in my face to give me excessive energy. So I'll be to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to think about book or read or I don't want to write. I don't want to do anything. And then I'll get like a notification. Hey, your book is back in the top 100 for black American poets on Amazon. And then I'll get all crumped and I'm like, okay, no, no time to be tired. You got to keep this momentum going. So I just feel like it's, it's the universe and God is like working to push me because otherwise I would not be doing both. I've been saying I wanted to write a book for years and mm-hmm. just so took life slapping me, pulling the rug from underneath me to actually get me started and really just catapult me into where I'm at right now. I think it's really cool that you said that the universe will slap you and be like, Hey girl, 
Oh, child. I feel like. Right. A lot of people will say that, you know, I'm in a lot of the black girls spiritual groups and that's one of the things that some of the practitioners will say, like the, the ladies who practice hoodoo, they'll say that they get slapped by the universe. Um, so like, what would you say something was that happened that was kind of like a whooping for you? Um, so I'll go back to probably around this time last year and the life that I was living, I thought I was about to be, you know, moving in with day, having yeah. a relationship, about to be getting ready to have a baby, waiting for somebody to pop the question, all that, picking out China patterns, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, you know, book writing, it was not even in my mind. Like, mm. I, nothing in my brain would have told me, like, today, hey, you don't write a book. So just like, you know, I'm just going through the motions and I literally just ended up getting broken up with. Yeah. And at that moment, I thought like, literally, okay, my life is over. Like, I'm dead now. Like, I have nothing else to do. Like, my whole life, all the things that I planned with this person, all the things that I had pictured in my head that were going to be happening, the world just like got put on against me. Like, literally, like, okay, one day we in. Yeah, I was sitting on the beach, and then the next day, it's like, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. So, in the midst of trying to make myself be a functioning human being, mm. it just so happens that I saw, like, an ad for a writing retreat in North Carolina. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I ain't got nothing going on here, and I need to get away from Houston before I end up on first word date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just so happens that I went on this retreat. Wine Publishing Company in Durham, North Carolina. They had a, a writer's retreat. I went. You know, I was still kind of sad there. I was kind of letting people know how I was feeling. Like, oh, well, all of this just happened. And still talking like, oh, about the trauma. Right. They were like, it happened because it was supposed to, because mm-hmm. otherwise you wouldn't be here. So before I even left to come back to Houston from that writing retreat, I had got signed with their publishing company. So it was like, uh. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and I know I that wasn't, them. that didn't happen to everyone who went to the retreat. So that is saying yeah, something. So I, it was, I did not anticipate it. And the fact that I just showed them some of the poems that I had written while I was just in that dark place. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, girl, this, this is good. This is like a little freestyle. This is like, you know, you need to put all of this out there. And from October to November, I literally had completed and published my first collection of poetry so it was like okay had you not got dropped like that while you cooking a jerk chicken in the kitchen you, yeah, you were cooking it. and he was like say oh my god that would have oh, irritated no. me i could girl i couldn't even use my kitchen for like six months <sighs> i was in the kitchen cooking some jerk chicken like trauma it's like imprinted in my brain I remember texting him, like, hey, I'm cooking jerk chicken. I'm going to make a side. What do you want? And he's still texting me back like it's all good. And then I get a text that's just like, hey, come outside. Like, Wait a minute. He told you what he wanted to eat for dinner then still pulled up with the breakup? Oh, yeah. Girl. Yeah, I'm talking about dinner all day. Like, I think I'm going to do jerk chicken. No, I'm going to do some pasta. No, actually, I'm going to do some jerk chicken. Like, this is conversations like normal. No indication that nothing was wrong at all. Like, it was just a regular day. 
And I'm like, okay. So he's like, come outside. And in my mind, I'm so like, I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, God, don't propose to me in the parking lot. Right. And it never was a proposal. <laughs> trying to eat that chicken and he'll be like right, You're right never right. mind <laughs> exactly right <laughs> so yeah that was you know that was a good beat up but then a good seat that's why i had to beat you up because otherwise you still would have been out here looking up pictures right kind of and not writing and picking up baby names mm. and dressing and literally forgetting what you had told yourself on new year's eve when you did your vision board all those years ago, what your ultimate goal was, which is to be a published author, to be a famous writer. I was content. I was, like, very content in the, all right, work's cool. Finally got this dude. Okay. Right. My greatest accomplishment is about to be being somebody's wife and having a baby, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I guess I had other things to accomplish. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. It's like, whenever you're about to do something great, you usually do kind of slack or or I guess it's a not a fear but it's like a, almost a subconsciously we'll be like I'll just do this because it's already working mm-hmm. that's going to take so much work this mm-hmm. is this is fine you know I'm that's I'm satisfied with this it's right good enough it's just enough right it'll do it'll do like all of those were operative words that I, like, I don't ever want to put myself in a position to accept it'll do or that's good enough ever again. That's kind of like the main lesson to help learn that all of that. So what led you to really just writing? Because I know <clears throat> an ode is on the Amazon uh, bestsellers, right? Mm-hmm. For African-American poetry. It debuts on the bestsellers and it has been on and off since November 2018 when it was released. So that was the first thing you put out? Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I put out. That is incredible. Like, if you think yeah. about how many people have to write until they are something, or somebody's bestseller. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, which speaks to what you were writing, really. Like you yeah. said, you already had this poetry. So, like, what like what would make you write over the course of those long years? Relationships, friendships, just Anytime I'd wake up from a dream, I'd have words in my head or I'd just be in my car driving and hear like a freestyle in my head. And I was like, oh, I should write that down. And when I looked back at like the notes that I had been writing all these things down on, it was like, wait a minute, this is poems or this is kind of, this mm-hmm. is poetry. It's, it's, you're not just jotting down a whole bunch of nonsense. And like poetry has always been kind of like my medicine Anytime I have something in my head that I can't really share with other people or that I don't mm-hmm. think I can put another word for other people to understand it, it's always turned itself into a poem. That's really amazing. Do you, or do you have any plans to release anything else? 
I'm sure you do, but like, what what do you have coming down the pipe? Well, I just did an anthology with a couple of other women okay. um, called the Superwoman Survival Stories, and that came out in July. Oh, that's um, what you went to DC for, right? Yes. Okay. So that. Yes, I've been following you. But no, that one is like if you have read, if you've read an old. It's kind of like the precursor to okay, this is what you really was going to because it's not mm-hmm. a it's not what you for format. Um, it's just kind of telling my story and like giving women the courage, I'll say, to like be vulnerable and admit that something happened, but from that something happening, the growth, yeah, out of it exactly. exactly. Ooh, I feel like that's what I need to be on right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm in my spiritual awakening space. And so I know I'm enjoying it, but there's so many things also that I feel, you know, it's a new me. It's new and fresh, you know? So there's so many things that I'm, I feel like I'm relearning maybe about myself or about just interactions with other humans in general. Um, Yeah. Right. So, because it's like the old me would say, oh, this is this, but now I know it's not. So now I have yeah. to tell myself, well, what's your real reaction to it? You know, how do you okay. feel about it? It just takes so much longer to process all of my feelings. Do you think okay. that, um, I guess, I know you you reference the universe, you talk about um, spirituality. So, like, do you feel like if you were in a less enlightened state that your book would have been different? I definitely think so. Um, I think had I not went through the trauma, um, had I not went through the moment of realization, because, like, I'm in all into astrology as well. So, like, Scorpio, they say that there are three different levels that a Scorpio goes through. So, like, the Phoenix stage is, like, mm-hmm. when that Scorpio dies and they're reborn. I, I mean, I can honestly say that I felt like myself at this time last year did pass away and I was reborn. Right. Without that happening, I would have never took the initiative to write notes. I would have never put all those words together. I would have been probably too ashamed to share them or even to the point where, you know, I I'm, I was so used to people being like, oh, girl, you're cute. You got this going on. F that dude or F whoever. Like, I never was in a space where I was thinking it was okay to just be openly vulnerable or, like, be able to admit, like, fuck it, I'm, I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Had all of that not happened, then no, I don't. I don't think a non-spiritual Fallon, a non-spiritual Ephraim that didn't believe in manifestation and affirmations and like the universe bringing people in and right. out of their life for then would not. She would have gave up, and I would have just probably still been sitting around somewhere crying. Right, and that's what's so important about when we're looking at the experiences that we're having, and just like yeah. you said about. The book that you guys wrote, you women, as a collective about the growth that you experience. I mean, that's why you're you. You know what I mean? Like, what I experience is going to make me whoever I land on. You know what I mean? However many times you have to reinvent yourself over the course of your life. Yes, and I don't even look at it as a reinvention anymore. Mm -hmm. It's more so of just like like a shedding of like... Yeah, right. That's so, dope. I, I like think that. That good you, that ultimate highest self you mm-hmm. in there, uh, you have to be tarnished 
have to be polished, we have to be weathered, molded, all that stuff has to happen until we get down to that ultimate highest self version of you. Right. Because I mean, that's just like you said about shedding. It is. And it's also about shedding like your material attachments and, you know, your approval attachments and just stuff like that, like where you feel like I'm not going to be able to, just like you were saying, you know, if you hadn't been involved, you wouldn't be able to release what you did because you might worry about what people might read and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, what's the number one thing you want people reading and owed to understand? That vulnerability is okay, that it is okay to love hard, it's okay to love wrong, it's okay to love up until that point where you forget that you need to love yourself first, but only if you are going to have that revelation and then go back and give yourself all that love that you poured into somebody else. Right, right. Um... I listen to a lot of personal development and one of the people that I listen to a lot is Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, she, Esther, whatever, Abraham, them, they, um, one of the things that recently I heard was just about using love. I guess whenever you're looking at others and you're thinking about your relationship with other people. So like, I guess that could be considered grace. Don't you think? Yeah, I definitely think so, because without grace, it would be a lot more hatred going around, especially with people with different situations. You kind of got to look at them from a place where they came from, and it's like, if he wasn't loved properly or shown the right way, right, how could I reciprocate? Mm. So, looking at things like that kind of helps. Um, it kind of makes it make sense. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I feel like if everybody could kind of come to an understanding of that and stop expecting people to instantly learn how to love them, you know, or instantly learn how to be. Because the thing is that, first of all, you're going to teach people how to treat you anyway once they come into your environment. But to expect them to know that without your, you know, like their boundary is unrealistic. Do you have good boundaries, yeah. you think? Before, I didn't. And I can honestly say that in the realm of relationships and the realm of friendships, I kind of put myself in a space where I convinced myself that tolerating whatever is good. I'm a cool person. I can deal with it. I'm, it I got a tough skin or whatever. So I probably let people run over my boundaries too many times. Oh, yeah. And now, just after this rebirth period, I, I can see the friends who weren't really being the best type of friends for me or being the best friends towards me. I can see the men or mm, whoever. Whatever. That I, yeah, that I let <laughs> get into a place that they would have never been allowed. Right. You know, I think that's the number one thing about the rebirth is that the importance of the self-love. That maybe wasn't there before. Because once you put that in place, you're not going to let people disrespect. You don't let people disrespect people you love. Right. But you let people disrespect you every day. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. It's like, you got to reset that. So do you think that people looking for that that kind of 
redirection would find that in reading your book? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's very harsh truth. It's very vulnerable. It's very open. Um, just the different poems can resonate with so many different stages of life, um, be it the beginning where you're, like, falling in love, where you're falsely in love and can't see that things are kind of going the wrong way. Um, all the way into like realizing that okay, maybe it wasn't me, and maybe it wasn't my fault after all. Like it'll 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 bring you there through any situation that anyone that has ever loved has been through. So tell me about the what is it, the Houston Literary? I saw this ad. It was like, hey, Houston Library Foundation is having a contest for local writers. So nominate yourself or tell your friends to nominate you. And I was just like, hey, why not? Let me nominate myself. I'm from Houston. I'm local. I've been writing. I feel like my hustle has been good this year to say mm-hmm. that I've just appeared out of nowhere and dropped a book. So I was like, okay, let me go spread and see if I can get my friends to vote for me. And then they're supposed to announce, I think, on September the 6th, the top finalists, and then we'll have to go through and get people to vote for us, and the top five people will win. So I'm excited about that. I usually don't do any. Oh, you should. You should always. I know. People are so funny style. I know. Like, I oh, let me tell you. Like, oh, you want me to vote for her? Like, so we did like two of those, and we won one of them, and we got second place. And this, in the second one, with Between Us Girls, the group, with us all doing it, and we were like, "Fuck it, let's see," and we fucking won. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. and that should let you know, like, yes, you can. And then somebody, uh, somebody got mad and said, well, I don't know if they were mad or they just hated one of us. You know how people are. They sent a message mm-hmm. and they're like anonymous message. They're like, y'all should stop talking about yourselves and you should stop. Right. I'm like, why would you even expect us to be, first of all, we're working to promote ourselves yeah. because we believe in what the fuck we're doing. So that's why would we shut up? Because it makes you uncomfortable. Good. Bitch ass, that's you. <laughs> You're not helping. You're showing yourself to be somebody who's down for not down for the cause. So right. I was like, eh, I'm gonna not push it, but girl, I'm trying to get rid of that because look, I'm trying to be chilling with Oprah and Gail. Thank you. Out. I'm trying to go too, oh, and honey. If I go, you're going too. Right. So, like that's already on my board, so we're going. Yes. Whoever's out rolling the eyes. Every time I post something about my book, I'm like, look, it's above me now. I'm putting this out there in the universe. I'm trying to go above and right. beyond. And you rolling your little eyes and not clicking like and not going to make a break. But, you know, I think that's something that holds back a lot of business owners or people who want to do anything is worrying about how other people are going to look when they are going to think about them when they see them working. Worrying about how how other people are going to look at them and also thinking that they're going to get the biggest support from their friends. Oh, and they'd be strangers. I have made the most success from people I met randomly. And a lot of people on Instagram, like social media strangers, because I mean, that's, but that's where the people live though. So if you can connect on social media with people in other areas, well, then your cells just get much larger, which is great. But your people, your family, like what's the biggest disappointment you think you've had in that? I think it kind of goes along with like the boundaries as well. Mm Um, so you know, before I, my, I passed away, during that three-pass moment, there were people who were like, okay, I'm going to give you two weeks to get over this. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. a month to get over this. And then when I hadn't got over it, 
it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm tired of you not being yourself. I'm tired of this. And they kind of fell to the wayside. So that, like, opened my eyes up. I'm like, damn, why are you going to give me a time limit to be To sad? breathe. Or... Yeah, like, how are you? Oh, I've had somebody, I've had somebody, like, get mad at me because I used that term. Like, oh, I'm still grieving. And they were like, just. Whoa, well, she wasn't even all of that. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, no. Like, However you feel about it, it's your experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm not gonna tell you how long to be upset. Right. Like. Right. Somebody never met before, literally never met in my whole black life. Can check on me every day via Instagram, via DM, send me words of positivity, and like. And be empathetic, like just care. Right. Versus somebody who's been around me through every relationship, every up and down, and I'm like realizing, okay, maybe you weren't there like I thought you were. Maybe you were just down to the cause because when I needed you all those times, you had something negative to say. So you know, that kind of opened my eyes up. I was just talking to um another author for for a different interview, but she was saying that um she felt like. And somebody else told me this too, actually, but there's negative people who are intentional. You know what I mean? Like they're purposeful for you to help you to grow past their bullshit, if you will, you know? Do you think that's like, you know, like, like I feel like I grew up with some people who are still attached to me who were so negative and I feel like intentionally had this like a beat down effect on me. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to make me grow past it or to be strong as a, a small person because I was a lot stronger than I probably would have been if I had grown up with somebody who was nice to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I have lost friends just because I left a group chat for my own personal self-care. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, well, guess you weren't now. You're not going to talk to me at all since you don't feel the obligation. Like, hmm. I'm learning that this this human journey is is tip, a journey that everybody's not going to be on with you. Everybody's not going to give you the right direction. Mm-hmm. Some people may actually point you in the wrong direction. Intentionally, yes. Intentionally. So you just got to take all of that with a grain of salt and right. keep your spirit and your heart and your brain and your soul and all of your entire essence. Put a good little boundary put a little picket fence around it or something just so you don't let the wrong people be right. the wrong person. How do you say that you did that for yourself? Like, how did you build that good picket fence around your shit? I'll say that I, once I started realizing and having so many gasping and grass, clutch my pearl moments mm-hmm. just with how certain people were reacting to me after that breakup, that I was like, okay, now something right. It took like a really good friend of mine to just be like, you know, half of these motherfuckers ain't your friends, right? And I was like, what do you mean? These are my people. These are who I'm always around. And I just started like thinking of examples and I'm like, damn, who would tell you that you can't be sad? Like, what type of friend is that? So why would I, why am I telling people who are talking all this madness that how I'm feeling when all they're doing is like making the shit venomous and poisoning, turning it back on me, like making me feel bad for mm-hmm. how I feel. So that's that's really that was really the red flag for me. That was like, nah, we being intentional about who we share things with, yeah. we're being intentional about who we cry to, we're being intentional about who gets this business, this information because 
everybody ain't privy to it. Right. Definitely. I mean, and that's just like you said, it goes back to having good boundaries because that's you saying who can be next to you. Yes. You know, and um, I wonder in your case, being that you, now you're in like the published author space, do you feel like you've encountered any new people that you maybe feel like don't have your best interests at heart? Or has everybody new that you've encountered been kind to you? I feel like for the most part, everybody knew that I've encountered just the words that I wrote resonated with them so much on like a personal level that I haven't been receiving anything but like support and like empathy and like a whole community of people who were like patting me on the back for speaking my mind and admitting that I was hurt. Um, there are a few people that I'll be around and I'm like, mm, you don't even like me. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? But those are not new people though, right? Right. It's like, nah. But as far as new people, I feel like the people that have been attracted to yeah. I'm putting out my hair you said have it. been the white people. Yeah, exactly. So I, I've been fortunate in that, in that arena to not and have It's a shame, people. though, that the people that bring the most contrast to you are your own, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And it's like but... your weaknesses against you mm -hmm. are like, I look face like how are you gonna use me it's just me right or like you get really successful or you feel good or you post something great and then they'll be like remember that time you fell on the steps oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like why are you trying oh, to bring oh, me oh. down bitch right it's always somebody that wants to throw some girl remember when you was here and then it was outside of the faces and I'm like okay well thanks for pulling us back right for <laughs> that buddy but you know I can't girl I can't evolve mm. apparently thanks for that <laughs> you know i talked to somebody recently about that about how um when you start to evolve because i'm in the spiritual awakening space and i'm just really starting this new journey i feel like you know now i'm talking about things that resonate more with who i am mm -hmm. and i'm losing some of my old cronies because of course yeah. we're not vibing we're not on the same wave but it's almost like sometimes they try to keep you oh, yeah, where yeah. where they are. Really bad. I get a lot of guilt. I, well, not now because I did a lot of housekeeping. But I would get guilted into being around or guilted into having a certain mentality just because I've always had that mentality. And to be around me or in that little circle would, would mean to always feel that way and to always think that way. So I feel you. Yeah. So, like, how do you feel like you stayed super confident through your growth, you know, whenever you had your rebirth? Well, I can be honest and say that I don't know if I was super confident throughout the whole of mm -hmm. it. There, there, of course, were moments where I still was down, and there were moments where I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Like, oh, my God. You know, like, this, this man and moved on with somebody else. Like, I've, I've had my moments where I've doubted myself. But again, like I was saying earlier, the universe will slap me real quick and be like, girl, please, look at this blessing. So right. it, I haven't really been able to be down on myself like I normally would have prior to the rebirth. Because like I said, the universe is rooting for me hardcore right now. Yeah. And I think for me, I have... I have certain signs I look for that just say you're on the right path. You're doing right. 
you know, mm-hmm. you're okay. Because when you get into that spirituality, it's a you and you thing, you know? Yes. And in order for you to be whoever you are, it's not going to be something that comes from outside. Exactly. So, all, yeah, so whenever you, whatever validation you seek has to be from you. Mm-hmm. So that's like the toughest thing, I think, is that really letting go of needing anything from outside. Yeah. You know? I agree. It's a tough, it's a tough space. And, and being that I'm just kind of new to it, I do have days where I'm like, whew, this is tough. Am I going to make it? So it does, it helps me to hear you say, you know, that, that maybe some days you, you did struggle also, because that's the point Mm -hmm. of this show is for me to be going through my journey and meeting people on the way who have done what I'm trying to do or who are you know, who are still in process, but who are doing really cool things. Cause that's, that's kind of my goal is to share with my audience that we can all change. You oh, know, yeah. you can all redirect and you can all do something different. You don't have to do what has been quote unquote designated for you by someone else. Yes, I agree 100%. So is there anything that you want the audience to take away from this interview? Um, just about you or about what you wrote. Cause I mean, I know this is not a conventional interview where it talks about what your book is about and all that stuff. But what I like to do is share the person with the people. Because when yeah. I think about branding, I think about, I don't buy a pantsuit. I'm buying what it represents or I, I like the book because I'm down with the author. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like to share share the creative with the people. So is there anything that you want them to know about you? I think ultimately the biggest thing I pride myself on is being a real one. I am authentically myself. I'm not selling the attorney. I'm not big face in bundles. I'm not high heels and high attitudes. I'm just a north side, down-to-earth girl who happened to be smart, who happened to be talented, who happened to have a lot of blessings flowing to her life that she don't take for granted. And I just want people to know that I'm a real one. Like, I've lived life. I've done bad. I've done good. I've had blessings. I've had things that I've considered to be like, dang, why is God doing this to me? But Overall, above all that, I've always been me. I've always been that real one. I've always been that true chick. I've always been that notorious pal. I've always been that friend, and I'm always continue to be that person. You know, even before I listened to anything that you'd said or read anything that you wrote, I I wanted you to come, but it was mm-hmm. because I liked what I saw. You know, like yeah. I could just read that you were doing something. And I wanted to be not a part of it, but I wanted to share it. Um, And even just in looking at your pictures and I was like, she seems like she knows what she's doing. So I want to talk to her. That was even before I knew anything about you because then I, then I was following you after that. I was noting that you were um, an attorney and I was noting that you had done all these cool things and you were going all these places. And I was like, see, I was right. You know, but it's because I'm letting myself pick people based on my intuition as opposed to what they're quote unquote selling. Yeah. And even with that authenticity, even in my social media, I want, if I'm having a bad day, y'all going to get some bad day me. 
y'all gonna get all of it. Like authenticity and realness are like just as important to me as loyalty. Like if I could get some words on my chest that are like word is bond, it would be loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> it would be authenticity authenticity and it would be like real ones. So that's that's what I pride myself on. Definitely. And I think that the people who are gonna resonate with that will always be there to to read your books and to support yeah. you no matter what you're doing. All right, so that was this week's episode. I want you guys to make sure that you're following Efrene, um Notorious underscore F-A-L on Instagram uh, because she didn't say that, but I want you guys to follow her because she's doing big things. And I don't want anybody who is supposed to hear her message to miss her message. And I also don't want anybody who is supposed to hear my message to miss my message. So make sure that you are following wherever you listen to podcasts, just so that you can get the new drops when they drop, because there's going to be a lot of drops coming because I'm the queen of the drop. No, really. I am now on YouTube with a course correction addendum called course notes that will be also weekly. It may become audio as well. I don't know. Okay. Right now it's a video clip sort of poorly produced but I mean here's the thing about it I said to myself that if I don't start I'll never finish I'll never reach whatever goal I'm going for in doing this if I don't follow the feelings that are leading me so I'm just being led to do YouTube somebody once told me that I needed to do video because my face my facial expressions are always crazy so you know visit YouTube um between us girls, the YouTube, you can find uh, the, the link on www.betweenusgirlspodcast.com and just subscribe, man. I mean, if you, if you like it, hit, hit the thumb, thumbs up. If you don't like it, click off, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And thanks for listening. Bye.